2: You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gurnan. I created the space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Good morning. I'm sorry the episode is delayed. I have a bad back and ended up in Swift Care Clinic last night so I didn't have time to record the intro and pop up the episode so here I am doing it now um I, my, my back is gone and it's the reason why I've been really consistent with the podcast as well. Um, For those of you who have listened to my own birth story I have an implant between two of my discs um, and it's acting up and I think I have another disc on so I have been in a bit of pain and bit all over the place the past few weeks but I'm going to try and be more consistent because it actually does wonderful things for my head when I'm more consistent with the podcast and have a bit more routine. So um, I apologise for being inconsistent and Another thing I want to mention is I am working on compiling... images of women who've had a home birth in Ireland and also um, creating a little recording. So a mini episode um, of the words you would like to share that describe your experience. So for those of you who want to get involved, if you just want to send me a DM on Instagram, I'll then send you my number and you can send me a voice note and I will include them all in this little video that I plan on creating. I've wanted to do it for so long and I think with everything going on surrounding home birth at the moment, it feels like the right time. I'm obviously 100% pro-home birth, but I'm also pro-choice, which to me is the overriding um, problem here, uh, the lack of choice when it comes to home birth. So anyway, this week's episode, I'm sharing my chat with Lindsay, who talks through her two births. She had a hospital birth and a home birth, and this wasn't lined up with the fact that I'm doing that this little video. We had planned this conversation months ago, so um, it just seems to have fallen this way, and um, Her two experiences were very different um, and she sees both as quite positive. She did have an assisted birth with her first experience in hospital. What she mentions also is that um, she had so much support from midwives with breastfeeding. She was really passionate about breastfeeding. She put a lot of time and effort into preparation before baby came. um, And she really says the midwives were key in helping her in those first few hours. She then went on to have a home birth and she said that she just felt she knew she could do it. She had this feeling deep inside her that she knew she could have her baby at home. She knew she could do it unassisted and wanted her partner there as well for support. And she knew that he could be there 100% if they were at home. She was supported by Private Midwives Ireland. And again, she speaks about them in such a nice way. They showed nothing but respect for her every time they laid a hand on her, they asked for permission. And it was just it sounds like a really gorgeous experience. And also the ambulance service, there was meconium in our waters. Um so her midwife called the ambulance straight away and they arrived and again were really respectful of the space and waited outside until baby arrived and then came in and did the necessary checks. Thankfully her daughter was absolutely fine. Um so this is a really nice episode I think it's a it's a an example of a gorgeous home birth and really nice support in the hospital as well so enjoy and I have I'm still getting requests for people to share their birth stories honestly, every day. So it's incredible. And I'm continuing to book everybody in. I know it's a long wait, um, but there's nothing I can do about that. I would share two episodes a week. Maybe that's something I can do in the new year, but I can't at the moment. So thank you for your patience again. And I'm really excited to get back into sharing these episodes. Enjoy Lindsay's story. So Lindsay, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Delighted to have you to sit here and chat with you tonight um, again it's been a long time coming so uh, it's, it's nice to finally have a chat. Do you want to just start by giving us a little introduction to you and your family?
3: Yeah so I'm Lindsay I have two children um, I have a four-year-old who I gave birth to in a hospital and I also have a one-year-old who I had at home um, so I also have a fiance. His name is Jason, um, and yeah, it's just the four of us. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to sharing our story. Do you want to share your first pregnancy? So conception, everything,
2: and how you felt in the first few weeks.
3: Yeah, yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so first pregnancy was planned. Um, and it happened quite quickly. We were uh, very lucky, um, and I was. I mean, I suppose the entire pregnancy, in a nutshell, was was considered. Um, you know everything is risk categories, um, and I was considered uh, low risk, and I was pretty much left alone. Just all the, you know, routine checks, um. That everyone is offered I suppose um, along the way but I had um, I mean I was sick for the first 17 weeks um with nausea my hunger levels were all over the place and um, I was very tired and um, it kind of hit me hit me hard and um, I felt very different to how I would normally feel um so that was a bit of a struggle up to about 17 weeks. But I was I was OK. I was generally OK. I could still, you know, go about my day, go to work and just obviously the a, a few extra naps here and there and mm. uh, a few snacks. I would have to carry stuff around and, you know, have things on the bedside locker just to grab. And I, I also had um a lot of food aversions in my first pregnancy. So I went completely off some of the foods that I would have had all the time, um, which was again just something very unusual to experience um but sort of beyond the 17 week mark it all calmed down for me and I was really able to enjoy it at that point um my energy came back um I was kind of a little bit better with foods um hunger levels stabilized for me um and I felt like I could I could kind of go about my my usual day and um, without kind of you know needing to go home for a sleep or anything mm. like that so that was really nice when I got to that point Um, I was really able to enjoy it then and I kind of stayed that way until into the third trimester I started struggling with sleep Um, I would wake in the night and not be able to go back to sleep Um, or I would really struggle to fall asleep on going to bed um, when I look back now, I think it was probably maybe underlying anxiety, mm. um, about you know obviously the upcoming labour and birth, um. <clears throat> so at the time it didn't really make much sense to me, but now when I think back, I was I'm thinking, yeah, when I when I know now where I was at then and where I'm at now, yeah. um, and so that was probably what it was subconsciously um creeping in on me, and I then had uh some pelvic pain. Um, like underneath my pelvis on the left side, that was that kind of got in my way as well. Um but in terms of health and the baby, all was fine. There was no. No issues were ever uh, highlighted to me or there was no concerns throughout the entire pregnancy with the baby or with me sort of beyond those things I was experiencing. Um so yeah that that kind of was the gist of of how I experienced my first pregnancy up until um I got to the date that was given to me um by the hospital uh you know the, the due date
2: Just, you mentioned um the possibility of anxiety in your your third trimester did you attend um any antenatal classes
3: I had, do you know what? I'd actually missed one. Um, I got the dates mixed up. I think it was, and I missed one, but I was at the others. Okay. Um, I can't say whether I don't think I got any real reassurance from attending them. Um. Well as I said at the time I wasn't really aware that that might have been anxiety that was mm. sort of in the background you know um keeping me awake at night if you like um so it's kind of hard to say now but yeah I did uh, go to those classes Did you so, do yeah. any other
2: prepar- preparation bar the the classes no okay
3: No I tell you what I didn't which is very interesting to me now um I what I would say is I'm big into reading and uh, I'm constantly learning about something. And so I had done at the time what I thought was probably enough learning Mm -hmm. and reading. But the majority of what I was reading about was breastfeeding because Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do that. And I knew I wanted to be as prepared as possible for that. But it was all my own. I was doing my own research online I was you know finding out you know where are the the sources I need to be looking when I run into x y and z issues you know um so I was kind of trying to prepare a little toolkit sorry for myself um if I needed it so in terms of what would have been covered in antenatal classes outside of breastfeeding um that would have been the majority of the information I got would have been from the hospital antenatal information that was given to me yeah yeah so um other little bits online myself but nothing like to the extent of like a hypnobirthing course or anything like that you know or like a, a private antenatal or anything no no
2: So do you want to talk us through? Sorry, those that you were mentioned there. You were fine basically up until your your the date that you were given. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and sorry, Cora, for a moment. Okay. Um, with with me being, I remember as well actually being asked about the at the time when I was pregnant. Um, there was a study going on. Um, for low risk uh pregnancies. And so I think it was that they were looking for low risk women to obviously just gather data or whatever. Um and so they had asked me to, you know, ex- take the leaflet, read through it, consent if I wanted to um to take in part in that. Mm-hmm. And of course I was so excited about that, you know, possibility yeah. of getting into the water and and you know that just was wow to me. And uh now when I look back I'm thinking it was one pool in you know this big hospital then of course the likelihood of it was was quite small but it uh, it was it was a nice uh, nice um thought i suppose to have uh when i was pregnant that that might be a possibility for me you know um but yeah I, as i got to got to that uh due date that i had been given um i remember i was in for a um I was in for, and I was, I was booked an appointment at the hospital and up until that point, I don't think I'd even attended the hospital unless I was in for a scan. And um, it was all uh, community-based visits that I had uh, been attending. So I was in, and I think I was just one day past that day. So 40 plus one. Um, And I was given a vaginal exam and a sweep that day. <clears throat> um, when I think back now, I knew nothing about either. And I kind of, you know, think to myself, oh, I I knew I, I knew nothing about um risks, alternatives, anything like that at the time. Um so yeah, I had the sweep done, and I was I was I remember the memory I have of it was sitting with the the doctor. And uh, she was filling in the paperwork in my chart. And she said to me, I'm going to call the um, induction suite now, and we're going to book you in for an induction at, I think it was 41 plus four, if I remember correctly. And at the time, I just thought, okay, you know, I trust you. So, Mm -hmm this is, this is what we do here. Okay. So, um, that kind of made me feel a bit nervous. I knew something inside of me was kind of saying, no, I, I don't want that. Um, but you know yourself, the appointment was over before, um, you know, that even, I even verbalized anything like that, even to my partner. And I remember he was with me at the time. um, so, yeah, I left with that date um, given to me. And, of course, I, you know, in, even evening going past the due date that had been given to me, that was like I was kind of feeling a bit disappointed at that point as well. You know, oh, baby hasn't come, you know, so how much longer now or whatever. And um, so it was kind of it's it's funny when you look at wanting baby to come, but also mm. not wanting to make it to that date of. Uh, you know induction of labor and i really didn't know a lot about it at the time um but something just something in me was kind of saying i don't i don't think i want that you know um but anyway we got to uh 40 plus 5 and uh labor began at that point so there was only a couple of days after i'd even been in the hospital um when things kicked off and how did you feel then when you knew it
2: was it was labor and you weren't going to have an induction
3: yeah i was i was relieved but because yeah. i knew something inside of me didn't want induction mm. you know um and like i said even though at the time i didn't really know much about it um the whole time on the lead up to the birth i my mindset was I can do this, you know, I can do this. And I really wanted to have what's considered like a a natural, normal birth. You know, I thought deep down, I knew, no, I can do this. It's I'll get through it, you know? So, um, yeah, I was, I was relieved. I did feel relieved. I have to say, um, but yeah. So where 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 do we go from there? We tell me we, what your
2: first signs of labour were. So how, how you knew that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
3: So this is what I'm trying to think. So, um, it, I think it was a Sunday night, and I remember waking in the night and going to the bathroom, and I kind of, I think my pajamas, my pajama bottoms felt, um, they 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 kind of felt a bit damp to me. And I thought, I wonder, is that my waters? So um, I had remembered a midwife saying to me, if you think your waters um, have released or are trickling or anything like that, use a pad, put it on. You know, within the hour, you'll kind of know if um, if it's your waters or not, you know. So I, I did that and I got back into bed and I was fine. I went back to sleep. And when I woke later on, um, there wasn't really there wasn't really anything there. So I kind of thought, okay, maybe it's not my waters, whatever it, you know, and I just kind of brushed it off. Mm. Um, and then I think I was experiencing a, a few, um, tightenings like Braxton Hicks kind of tightenings. Um, and I remember Jason waking for work. He goes to work really early in the morning. And I remember him waking and asking me, you know, do you want me to stay or will I go? And I said, well, look, just go, Keep your phone close and I'll call you if I need you. So he said, are you sure? I said, yeah, go on. It's fine. I'm not feeling anything right now. So he said, OK. So off he went. And I just went about my day with what I would describe as my experience of period pain. Mm-hmm. Coming and going. I had a shower. I washed my hair, dried my hair, set on my yeah. Uh, birth ball for a while and um, took a nap made some food kind of went between pottering around the house doing little things and just kind of lying on the couch for a little while or bed or whatever um, but very very manageable but definitely new this was new I wasn't experiencing this yesterday this sensation is is definitely something it sounds like you had such a nice day. <laughs> you know what? It was actually yeah, it was a nice day. And when I think back now and what you know, you hear people being told now about the early stages of labour and what you should kind of do, mm. I kinda of did it naturally. Yeah, you do. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I just watched like some TV and you know, just did all the things. Um Yeah, and like that I hadn't read that anywhere. I just I just that's just what I did. So um I kind of laugh now when I think back to it. But uh, as as we kind of got toward, like, say, the time that Jason would usually come home from work, I think at the time he was coming in around half five-ish. And it was like he came into the house and turned on a switch.
2: Okay.
3: Because it just changed immediately. And I don't know if it was that I was in my own little bubble all day and things were fine. And then when he came in as as comfortable as I am with him, it it just changed that whole. um I don't know, the environment, maybe, um, but something just switched at that point And my surges were now full on surges with real sensation there you know um Mm. like kind of starting to stop me in my tracks um and you know jason was kind of trying to figure out what can i do for you here you know do do you want yeah a paracetamol is it you know and we have we joke and laugh about this all the time now it wasn't funny to me at the time but we we obviously laugh about it now but he kind of said to me Without sounding bad, like it is is it really that bad? Like, are you just kind of, you know, is are you being a bit dramatic? You know, and at the time, I felt like I wanted to punch him, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, but I was like, no, this is this is tough. You know, I was I was um I was kind of stopping and starting as I was moving around the house. At this point, we were upstairs, trying to find a comfortable place for me. Um, I forgot. To, mentioned as well I had phoned the hospital that morning and she had said to me um look if anything progresses um you know it is ideal that you stay at home as long as possible which I had wanted anyway she said, but if anything progresses to the point where you feel you, you, you can't manage what you're feeling uh of course come into us or like that if you know your membranes um release or anything do let us know and I said yeah so I was happy enough like that I had said to be at home um but yeah at that point then with Jason there and we were upstairs and I was kind of kneeling at the side of the bed and was going no that's not comfortable I tried to sit on the birth ball at that point that wasn't comfortable for me um lying down wasn't comfortable funnily enough just walking around you know and stopping wherever I I I had to stop um was was kind of the best Uh, in terms of comfort um, and then I went into the toilet I remember and there was um, I think I went in for a a pee and I remember looking at the tissue and it was just kind of covered in blood and I thought oh my god like but I thought you know no it's okay that's just it's a bloody show Mm -hmm. things are really you know we're really heading somewhere here so I came out from the bathroom and I said to Jason at that point, I think we need to go to the hospital. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, like this is really starting to, I was kind of shocked, you know, by this is my first experience. Mm-hmm. And, and what I was feeling was, was hard to, to kind of deal with, you know, I was there was tears and all coming at that point. So we went down anyway. Um, and as I'm walking out of the car, I got my forced urge, or I felt the forced sensation of my body bearing down. Okay. So it stopped me. I had a hand on the wall. I was, I Then I was worried that you know, the neighbours. So I'm mm-hmm. not <laughs> tried to be quiet. You know, um, I didn't want anybody coming out making a fuss, anything like that. But it it was. It was about. It was probably about half ten at this point. Um, in the in the evening or in the night. Um, so anyway, I got into the car and we were, we were at the hospital within within sort of, uh, I don't know, probably 10 minutes, um, we're not far from the hospital I was in, and um, we got there and it was really quiet and it was the way I would have wanted it to be, um, you know, there was no traffic, we drove straight up to the door. Um it was no problem to leave the car there for a moment you know until we got me inside and um, it was straight up there was no waiting no anything like that it was it was it was great um but we went in and uh the first midwife that met me um, she said to me oh is this your first baby and I said yeah and she said to me um she handed me a little um you know, the little uh, urine sample yeah. pots. She handed me one of those and she said to me, would you go down to the bathroom and 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 uh, give me a sample of urine? And I said to her, are you serious? I said, like, I'm really feeling something's happening here. And as I'm talking to her, I'm, you know, there's just coming and going. And she said to me, yeah, yeah. And I said, right, okay. I just, I couldn't have argued with anyone in that moment. And uh, so I turned around, waddled down to the bathroom And I went in and Jason was behind me, but he was just standing outside the the bathroom door. And I went into probably the biggest cubicle there. And when I went in, I turned behind me, closed the door and I locked the door and I walked over to the toilet, which feels like it was, sorry, um, (laughs) when I think of it now, it's like it must have been about half a mile across the room. But I locked the door behind me, went over, sat in the toilet. And as I'm sitting on the toilet, my body is just bearing down like and I'm thinking oh no I'm after locking that door and this baby is about to come out <laughs> so I was making sound at this yeah point. I was gonna ask like were you were you making
2: those sounds that we yeah. all know so well it was yeah sound
3: okay. coming from me with this sensation of you mm. know bearing down and Jason's standing outside the door and a midwife passed and she said to him is everything okay in there? And he said, I don't think so. Can we check? And the midwife knocked on the door. She said, everything okay? And I was, <laughs> I think I said to her, give me a minute. And she could hear me. And she said to me, can you open the door? And I said, yes, yeah, just give me a minute. So as the storage kind of uh, calmed down, I was able to get my myself back to my feet. And I made my way out of the door. She said, don't worry about the urine sample. Come on. And she brought me into uh the assessment uh, unit, and then I just remember the midwife like pulling my leggings off, which was a very strange experience. Um, and she said to me, uh, "I'll do a, an exam, and we'll just see where you're at." And I said, "Okay." And she checked my cervix and said to me, She said her voice, I remember her Her voice changing. She was like, Oh, she says, You're like seven to eight centimeters dilated. She was like, You've done most of the work already. And I was kind of looking at her going, like, I told you. I know. I, want, <laughs> you know, I'm, I know this. So she, she said to me, Oh, we should, she just looked at Jason and she said, Dad, go and move the car if it's in front of the, uh, the door or whatever. Um, we'll move her around the corner um don't worry you won't lose her come straight back to us just do it as quickly as you can she called a wheelchair um from with another midwife um got me to sit in that and brought me around to the delivery suite and I think well, I was I was actually looking through my notes um today just jogging my memory and um I think they had me admitted at 10.50 if I'm not mistaken and at 11 I think it was 11.08 or eleven oh five, um, they they uh, said I was fully dilated, so they had done another check when they got me into the delivery suite, and I remember, obviously, in order for her to do that, I was lying up on the bed, and they had put the CTG, um, you know, the electrode, the monitors on my uh, belly, and um, she said to me, "You're ten centimeters." And I said, okay. And it was, it was, I think it was literally seconds before she checked, my waters went. Um, so my waters went, she checked, she said, yeah, you're 10 centimeters now, like you and then I remember I think a towel being thrown onto my belly. Um, and she handed me the the Entinox gas in there. And then things like started to change for me at that point it was all happening really fast and there was like one midwife and then there would be two midwives and then there was one and then there seemed like there was five and then it was just I can it's all kind of um I, I feel like I can't remember you know exactly every single detail but I know that I felt really, really agitated at that point. Like there was a radio playing on, playing in the room, okay, and I, yeah. I looked at the at the midwife and I said to her, "Does that have to be on?" <laughs> I was starting to sound a bit rude, and there was a thing on the wall across the room making noise as well. So I don't. It was beeping, or there was a red light flashing, or something like that. And I said, "Can we cover that?" Like you know, I was starting to get really like I just wanted to be back in that space that I was in Mm -hmm. at home, you know, um, was, there was noise, there was lights, there was things just getting in my way mentally. Um, and she yeah, yeah, no problem. And, you know, she switched it off or whatever. But, um, I think Jason was, was back with me in, in, I don't even, it felt like minutes, like he was, he was there beside me again anyway, then, and then, when when they kind of said to me, um, you know, your baby is going to be witched really soon, like you're, you're you're about to have your baby. Um, I was kind of like, okay, 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 um, and I remember feeling a bit like sort of panicked. But the midwife kind of said to me then as well, you're, you know, she was watching the the monitor, the C T, yeah. and she, she. I remember her saying at one point, "There's a surge." starting here and I was like looking at her going yeah yeah I feel that you know um and they were kind of at that point then from that next uh surge they were coaching me then you know getting me to push or whatever and I got this urge to turn around onto my knees and I was told no you can't do that
2: yeah, because I was going to ask what position you were in throughout all of this. Okay, so yeah. yeah so head. I was on
3: my back because they had wanted to do a vaginal exam. Mm. And I was kind of left there at that point then. Okay. Um, I did try to move, but I was told I can't. It was like, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, um, and of course. I thought, okay, I can't do that for whatever reason, mm. you know, so I stayed where I was. Um, And then the next thing I remember was um, we're going to call the doctor in because baby's heart rate is um, it's it's they were saying to me baby's heart rate's a bit low and it's not uh, coming back to where we'd like it to be um so the doctor was called in and it felt like you know sets before the doctor arrived um and then that led on to an episiotomy and Vontou's delivery okay and i think the time from 1050 that was written on the on my chart to I think there was two pulls of the. They used the Kiwi device in particular. There was two pulls, and on the third pull and push from me, uh, my son was born, and that was eleven nineteen pm. So it was barely a half hour, Mm. and all of that sort of happened. Um, So it was all very quick, very fast. Um,
2: I suppose when you you kind of. seemed really hypersensitive at that stage as well so how Mm -hmm. did how how did the room feel to you then at that stage when it was very busy and there was a lot going on
3: yeah so I just I remember that like you know I remember there being you know only one midwife at one point then when the doctor was there I remember the doctor possibly two and maybe even three people over here um now that could be I could be exaggerating there because the gas and air as, as helpful as it was in taking the edge off of, um, the sensation for me, it, it kind of, Mm. you know, your mind is a bit fuzzy with it as well, you know? So, um, I can't remember exactly, but I do remember feeling like there's a, there's a few people in here. Like there's lots of, there's lots going on and everybody seemed to be doing something. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I remember as well, the midwife communicating with me for the doctor. So the midwife was beside me and she was kind of saying the doctor wants to do an episiotomy, but she needs your permission. Is that OK? You know, and my response was just do whatever you have to do, mm. you know. Um, and. And yet yeah, it's hard when I think back to it, and I've had to kind of sit with a lot of the feeling around it, um, because. Knowing all the stuff I know now, um, I probably would have made very different decisions, you know. But it is what it is, and um, that was the experience, you know, and and uh, sort of where I'm at today, probably because of it all. But um, yeah. So he was born, and he was just quickly looked at by the doctor, and then um, like I remember, he was lifted up, and uh, she kind of just turned him around. I had a quick look at him, and then he was he was he was given straight to me, um. But then he was taken to beside me, um, to, to be weighed, uh, checked over, um, and I was given uh, an injection in my thigh, and I don't remember being asked if that was okay or not. I've asked my partner as well he doesn't remember that question being asked Mm um but yeah that was done and I think within sort of maybe five six seven minutes um my placenta um it came out at that point um Jacob was sort of back on me then at that point um and then the doctor she um had to suture me obviously because uh she had done an episiotomy and so that that was kind of done quickly enough I remember feeling like that was not comfortable at all um yeah that was that was kind of hard to I was I was breathing through that as well as I had been obviously breathing through the birth and breathing through uh the placenta and then breathing through you know Mm. this uh uh wound being sutured up now as well so um it all kind of calmed down at that point it felt like everybody left um and we were just with one midwife then um and she was great she you know there was just uh she wasn't even really chatting to us she just kind of let us left us in our own little kind of bubble and i think the the, the The ward was kind of quiet um at that particular time, and she actually left us there for a while obviously because it's late as soon as I go to the ward uh Jason had to leave so she left us there for a while and I had told them that I wanted to breastfeed and uh one of the midwives in particular she was very helpful um in helping me just to get that first latch and uh they kind of left me to um just go with that then for for it was it was it was over an hour and a half I think that we were left um before I was transferred down to the ward so that time frame was actually lovely just to yeah. yeah um to sort of be um on our own I remember I I do and I don't remember and it's in my notes and I was kind of a little bit surprised today to see it but it's written in there that um so the reason for the peiootomy in devantus was fetal uh bradycardia if I'm saying that correctly so again the deceleration in the heart rate but then also it said that um, the pH the cord blood um, was low and so Mm. they sent in a pediatrician at some point um, after the birth uh, just to check on the baby um, for that reason I don't remember that for some reason I don't I, I can't really recall it very well um, but as I said, there was a lot of people kind of coming and going, so that could have gone on at any point. Um, and I just, it's just kind of mixed in for me now, you know. Um, so yeah, that was it. And uh, at that point, then I got transferred down to the ward. Jason was, uh, you know, told to kind of say your goodnights or whatever, come back to us in the morning. Um, and then he left, and then the midwife left the room, and there was just myself and one other woman on the ward uh, that night.
2: Oh yeah, nice quiet. Yeah,
3: it was quiet, and I just remember feeling like, okay, so you just trust me with this baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, I just remember feeling like, oh, um, what now? You know, do I know what to do? Um, all these thoughts. You know, Mm -hmm. that probably every first-time mother has. Um. But um, I was in, I have to say, I knew at the time and I know it now as well, but I was in shock. I was in complete shock. I went in with, you know, <clears throat> the intention of having or wanting, um, you know, this natural birth that I thought I was capable of and had the experience i had and came away just sort of shocked by it mm. you know but also shocked of you know the the amazement of having a baby and that feeling when you first meet them and all of those things you know so there was there was lots and lots obviously going on um but yeah i'd say about 3 days i was in shock to mm. really feel it in my body you know it's like whew, like that was life-changing you know and when did you go home were you there for three nights um no i was i was sent home um so i had him on the monday and on the wednesday i went home and we just like we and it would have been wednesday morning only we were waiting for i think the pediatrician i think if if i remember correctly to come around for that like final check um which got a bit delayed um but like the the I'd read all sorts of stories and heard all sorts of stories as well about it being like a lucky bag with midwives in terms of you know breastfeeding and you know I'd heard all sorts of stuff and like I had said um I did a lot of reading and a lot of research around um how I could really get off to a good start I really 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 wanted it to work for us and um I thought the midwives were great but in, like when I think back as well it's it, it was it was great because I kind of felt like they just kind of left me to do my own thing mm-hmm. um like they did check in on me and I remember one woman in particular gave me a really great tip and I hadn't seen her before she was just kind of in on a shift or whatever um and yeah they were they were great and I was kind of listening to them saying things on the ward to other women because the ward did fill up but um it was yeah, it was, it was a I would say, a good experience in terms of getting off to start because I know it gets a lot of, there's a lot of uh, negative talk around, you know, um, breastfeeding. And like I said, I had, I've read a lot of stories and heard a lot of stories as well. It's like, you know, how it, it didn't work out for people and, and um, different experiences that people have had, negative or positive or whatever. But uh, yeah, just to to mention that as well, that I thought that, um, my experience was, was, was good there, you know, um, and we had a very successful breastfeeding journey, um, which was lovely. So, yeah, we went home on the Wednesday then, and again, I just kind of felt, (laughs) felt a bit strange, you know, just going on with this new baby and, um, yeah, just, that brand new experience, and, and uh, of course, you know, there's people coming and going then all the time. The public health nurse and we had some lovely midwives drop out to the house as well. Um, in the days that followed, when I went home, they were all very helpful and lovely, and um, the public health nurse is saying Like she was, she was good, and and uh, yeah, it just kind of, I suppose, you just begin your your new little life from then on. Don't you? Um so will we move on to your
2: next your recent yeah. home birth. So yeah. you're saying there that you move on with life. So you did, you did again. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> and so um I suppose like I just to mention as well, when when I was saying about, you know, feeling like I was in shock, and part of that being, you know, oh god, I really thought I could have done that by myself. You know, <laughs> I just there was just that feeling in me. Um Did you feel disappointment? Yeah, at the time, no, no, because I don't think I had figured out why I was feeling like that.
2: Yeah.
3: As time went on, it naturally occurred to me, well, it was because you thought you could do it. And then, you know, these things happened or whatever. But like I said to you at the start as well, I'm always reading about things. I'm always trying to learn. So if something takes my attention, I want to know it inside out kind of thing, Mm. you know. And so, um, the second pregnancy then, uh, so between having Jacob and then getting pregnant the second time, um, I had learned a lot and by the time I was pregnant, I knew that I didn't want to have this baby in hospital.
0: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST.
3: That feeling was still there that I believed I could do it without you know needing sort of any intervention in it you know um unless of course I it, it was like an issue with health or whatever um, or the baby or but anything like that obviously but I just felt deep down like I wanted to do this um at home to give myself the best chance at uh allowing that to happen so um I, I was I, I knew I wanted to do it there was a bit of fear there um in my first pregnancy I remember someone in particular a friend of mine mentioning home birth to me and I thought to myself at the time I couldn't do that that's crazy you know and that was my initial uh at the time response to it but by the time I was pregnant on the second uh I knew it was something I really wanted to explore um, When I found out I was pregnant, I did what we all, I think, do. Uh, I went to the GP. Um, She um, said to me, uh, you know, what hospital did you attend and what hospital do you want to attend um, for this birth? And I said to her, you know, I actually think I want to have this baby at home. And she turned and looked at me and she said to me, in all my years of practice and she said something like 20 however many years or whatever she said nobody has ever said that to me and I said wow okay you know and if I was really on the fence at the time I probably would have thought oh am I a bit mad thinking Mm. that I could do this you know uh but I was kind of sure and so (laughs) I said to her okay so would you do you know anything about how i can you know start the ball rolling with that or whatever and she opened up her computer and she pulled up the HC website for me and she gave me the information she actually printed it out for me which i thought was very nice of her Mm. um but then she kind of gave me a word of warning as well and said you know don't go with anyone unlicensed and you know make sure that um they have insurance and you know all of this so i thought okay (laughs) And off I went. Um, and so I started kind of looking into it at that point, really looking at it and um, uh, contacted one or two people who I knew had had home births before. And they kind of guided me in, in the direction I needed to go then as well in terms of who to contact and what to do or whatever. Um, So I had over a couple of weeks period of time, I had made a list of the self-employed community midwives that I was going to contact who covered my area um and I started reaching out to them but not in any sort of um rush <laughs> I would say um and of course I know now I didn't know at the time that I probably should have contacted them the second I found out I was pregnant because they're so hard to get
2: yeah yeah no, um, it's, it's you need, even when you're thinking of
3: trying <laughs> that's it yeah right and so when you, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 100 so I started making my way through this list and I started getting back you know no sorry can't support you holidays time off booked up you know all of these things and as as I'm getting no 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 coming at me I'm kind of like more sure and more sure and more sure that I actually really wanted this you know as it was being taken away from me it was like no Mm. I really really want this and it was starting to kind of upset me a little bit that it might not be an option for me um and at the time as well we were kind of uh just after coming through COVID but I don't think I think partners were still being tested at the hospital and I'd heard you know stories of people having to give birth on their own without their partners and that was frightening me I did not want that and like my heart goes out to anyone that had to experience that but um I started reaching out to uh, like the home community on Facebook and that and uh I just kept getting back you know consider private midwives consider 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 and I'm thinking oh financially like that's probably not an option for us you know that's going to cost a lot of money like in my head I was thinking thousands and thousands you know Um, and I hadn't even really looked it up because I really was like that's not even in our reach like we can't do that or whatever so I just remember then the the home birth option sort of not really being an option anymore the hospital option being you know something i didn't want to have to do if i didn't need to do it um but also the thought of jason possibly not being able to be with me um frightening me as well Mm -hmm. and at that point i started thinking about freebert because i thought i need him with me Mm -hmm. and i want to be at home so i actually didn't even know that term at the time but i remember what i said to jason was if we get close to this and i think for a second that you're not going to be able to come in with me then i'm not going to go to the hospital and he said to me what do you mean and i said i'll just have the baby here and when the baby is born you call an ambulance and he was like are you mad you know (laughs) and I was like yeah I think I am but I think that's what I I want you know that's what I I want to do or whatever um and it was I knew nothing really about um you know even on like unassisted birth free birth like you know any of these things it was just it naturally came to me you know that I'm I'm gonna do that if I can't have this you know but anyway um a lot of back and forth thoughts and thinking and the whole lot and i eventually said look just look at the private midwife uh situation so um i looked into it had a conversation with jason and we just decided that if it was something that i really really wanted that we would make it happen so i reached out to them and they said we're really sorry we don't have a midwife <laughs> so i thought oh, no <laughs> um and I think within an hour or two I got another email and they said um we have someone for you something changed with their holidays or whatever and I said oh my god it's meant to be so I was delighted and I said you know are you sure do you need a deposit you know I was like yeah. I really wanted to like <laughs> lock it in um but anyway we did so um that was that was sort of. Like, God, I was probably somewhere in the 20-ish weeks at that point, I think. Um, And up to that point, everything had kind of been okay, I think, in terms of, like antenatal appointments that I had been at. I was attending um like a community-based um antenatal uh sorry, community-based antenatal appointments uh as well into that pregnancy. Um but there was a bit of a gap actually, now that I think of it, between I think the March and the end of July, where I had no communication about appointments. And because of COVID, I didn't really think anything of it. Mm. I just thought, you know, my initial booking appointment and everything was over the phone. And I knew that would normally be face to face and the whole lot. So I really didn't think anything of it. I just thought to myself, they're just not pulling people in as regularly, maybe as, you know, and it was a real sort of thought in the back of my mind. Um, but I went to, I eventually got a letter in the post say, please come to, you know, an antenatal appointment in the community. And I went and the midwife, she nearly fell off her chair when she realized that I hadn't been seen since March. And I said, look, I'm okay. And she said, it's just, it doesn't, you know, she was all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And she's reading through my chart and she discovers on my chart that I was supposed to be, um, or, uh, yeah, that they had wanted me to go for, um, a glucose tolerance test. I said to me, did you, I think I was, probably something like 32 weeks at this point and she said to me um your gtt was that clear or whatever and I said what's that and she said the glucose tolerance test and I said I didn't go for a glucose tolerance test and she said to me oh you were supposed to go for a test and I said no I said nobody told me you know so there's a big kind of miscommunication mm. there something happened between that time frame I don't know I think as well they had had a bit of a hack in in a, in the hospital oh yeah something that's like nice. that yeah, yeah. so yeah. I thought maybe my information I don't know I don't know what happened anyway so did you
2: have she, any PMI appointments between that time frame
3: no because my care yes. with them didn't start until later on around okay. sort of 34 weeks um so I had also opted out of seeing my GP after that initial first appointment because she had kind of said to me like she didn't have any experience with it, so I thought, mm. okay, but if I need a GP, I'll f- I'll find one. You know, it was fine, but I just I was I was okay, so I had uh, I was I was just comfortable to do that. But um, anyway, she she asked me to go to the hospital that week to have that that test done she found them straight away. You know, we need to get this this girl in. You know, she hasn't been seen since March, and it was she was panicking. Um, and I said to her look I actually feel okay I understand like from your perspective or whatever but you know I feel okay and she then went on to measure um, my belly and um, you know check with the Doppler the, the heartbeat or whatever as well and there was more issues then you know it was oh you're measuring two weeks ahead and then she was you know going around trying to find the harpy and she couldn't and then she was questioning me is baby moving okay are you sure you felt baby moving today and I was thinking to myself oh my god yeah I did feel baby moving baby's moving right now you know I Mm. feel like she was panicking and you know wasn't getting um the reading or whatever and I was actually using my hand to tell her try here this is the way I I I was kind of I I'd be quite in tune with my body in general so when I'm pregnant I'm you know I would say I can connect to the baby and kind of know I I felt okay I felt everything was okay I felt the baby was fine you know I knew the movement was there and nothing was unusual to me and anyway eventually she found it and I walked away from that appointment just kind of feeling like if I was you know really frightened in this pregnancy or if it was maybe my first pregnancy i'd probably come away from that appointment terrified Mm, yeah you know so it was that was a funny experience for me um which i hadn't had before um because all my appointments up to that point had been quite calm and and you know no real issues so that was kind of the start for me of back and forth between community and hospital appointments. Because, of course, every time I went in then to an antenatal appointment, they were getting this measurement that was a week or so ahead, depending on obviously the midwife, because they're always different. And then, of course, their pro, you know protocol or procedure or whatever is to refer me to the hospital. Mm. Um, and so this whole thing started of going back and forth between community and the hospital. And I was explaining to them every time I went in, look, you're going to see that I'm ahead. If I hadn't known at the time I could have opted out of being measured, I would have. But I didn't know at the time that I could have. Um, so I think that took me then up to uh, there was a growth scan recommended. And I remember feeling a little bit like I don't particularly want to have another scan but um my my uh private midwife was was on board at that point as well and I remember having a chat with her about it and I thought I kind of settled on okay we'll go for this and uh, and we'll see that everything is okay you know or whatever because they were constantly sending me back and forth and so I went for the scan and they they plot my um the fluid around the baby um On a graph, and there was a second sonographer uh, called in uh, during the growth scan, and she said to me, she showed me on the graph. She said, "Look, you know you have your your midline, and then your higher and your lower lines, and I was plot right on the verge of the the higher line." She said to me, "It's not, we can't say it's polyhydramnios. I think mm-hmm. if I'm saying that correctly," she said. But right now you're right under that line. You know, she said, it's you're in the normal range, but we're just, you know, making a note with that or whatever. And I said, OK, so you're normal range, but mm. you're nearly there, you know, or whatever. So they started looking at that and my appointments were just kind of hospital based. And then uh, for some reason, I ended up back out in the community again because they considered that the the fluid was okay. Then again, after checking another time, so it was it was all a bit kind of up and down. Um, and then I think I got to where were we then? Um, oh yeah, just to, when when uh the private midwife came on board, that was that was uh that was amazing. Mm-hmm um to go from having to attend appointments on my own to them being in my living room with Jason and Jacob being there as well um and him being involved in it you know Mm. was uh was lovely and just that like building that relationship with that person and and her getting to know me and my normal and really kind of listening to what I wanted and learning and like she did so much preparation with us as well in terms of what could happen on the day and you know so that we would we understood everything um in the event that anything came up and she kind of had to say like look we're going to need to transfer or anything like that like she had us so well prepped um it was amazing and like it was great for me as well that her and jason had sort of built a relationship as well so that I knew when she turned up on the day I was uh, giving birth that, you know, there would be no introductions of oh hi, this is Jason, you know, and they knew each other and they were comfortable, he was comfortable in particular mm. um with with her. So that was lovely, I have to say. That was that was really, really nice. Um and I think then I got did to things yeah, I was gonna say, did
2: things come down like when they saw that your fluid levels were
3: well that happened at the very that kind of happened just before um I'd say that kind of happened about a week and a half before she was born. Okay. You know so it was it was kind of right into the end but it didn't pop up as a, as an issue until sort of around 30 weeks. Um, and I, I I was I was still you know my appointments were kind of still a little bit spaced out at that point we weren't on like weekly appointments at that point um but I was having appointments all over the place because I was having private appointments community appointments hospital then I was supposed to have GP as well which I I hadn't been attending but um I was phoning to you know say can I push that out because I just saw you know a midwife or in the hospital yesterday and So there was a lot of all of that going on as well. Um, But yeah, it did go right up to the end. So there was no real calming down. And I remember jokingly saying one day at at an appointment in the house to my midwife. um, Not that it it was a concern at the time or anything, but I remember asking her, you know, what's you know how how long can you how can you actually be pregnant for you know and she she was kind of laughing and she said oh, look we'll we'll have that conversation if you know if and it becomes a thing and we have to have that conversation and I was saying yeah okay okay whatever and didn't really think anything of it but um we got got to uh, again the due date that was given to me um which was in August of uh last year and it came and it went, and I think I got to wait, – wait, let's see now where I was at. It was probably five days. No, it wasn't. That's a lie. It was, it was like 41 plus five, I think, and myself and my midwife agreed that I would go to the hospital – um for an appointment that they had kind of expected me in around that same time I think as well um and so I went in and I was seen by a doctor and when she looked at my chart um I had been mentioning all along that I had wanted a home birth or that I was aiming for one or, or whatever and um she seen my chart and she said to me um you're 41 plus five. And I said, Yeah. And she said, um, all oh, right. And she stood up in front of me and she said to me, I'm gonna have to book you in for an induction. And I was kind of like, uh, okay, like that's what's what's the reason, like you know? Um and she was just kind of saying, uh you know the placenta. Um, I'm looking here at the information. You know about your um, your fluid. Um, she said something about uh, baby's growth as well. And um, do I do I understand that you know I'd be putting my baby at risk if I if I allowed my uh, pregnancy to continue on and in this pregnancy in particular like the first pregnancy I knew something in me kind of felt a little bit off about induction but now I knew what induction was um and for me personally without a reason a medical reason I wasn't going to consent to it um so I said to her yeah that's not something that I want to uh do I said unless it's it's really necessary so she said look um we can do a vaginal exam today and then she said to me and then if you want we can do a sweep to see can we um she said something like get things moving or something and uh I said to her okay well look I'm not I'm not sure you know so she was kind of like okay so um but then I remember she went on to talk about. She kept talking about uh, induction. She she was like, and she had said to me, you know, I can't I can't let you go past. She she said something like, I can't let you go past today. And um, as she was chatting to me and saying like, you know, uh, it's in uh, in your best interest to agree to this and all of that. Um she said to me I'm going to check your blood pressure and I'm sitting there and it felt kind of confrontational mm. you know and um, I knew a lot about it but I probably would say that I wasn't fully confident in the detail of uh, you know exactly what happens in induction of labor and i knew to ask her for information and and whatnot and i said to her look do you have any information that you can give me um that i can take home i can look at i'm absolutely look at it but right now i can't you know make a decision honestly i don't want to agree to it but if you and i was kind of in the back of my mind trying to buy myself some time by asking Mm. her for the info and whatever so she handed me a leaflet and she was still kind of saying like I really, really think you should do it. And, it, you know, when I said that I didn't want to, she was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to the consultant, you know, and who was just in the next room. But as she was having this conversation with me, she was checking my blood pressure and she was like, your blood pressure is high. And I said to her, is it? I said, because never in my life have I had a high blood pressure reading. And I put my hand on my chest and I could feel my heartbeat. Mm. And I said to her, um, i said i'll be honest with you i said i'm actually feeling quite stressed right now with this conversation i said so you know she was she once she said, said to me kind of i'll check it again and i said no hold on a minute i said this conversation's actually really stressing me out um i said i um, i don't want you to check my blood pressure right now and she said okay should will we do the vaginal exam now and i said yeah okay and she said um she mentioned the sweep again I said I'm not sure I I want to know what you uh observe when you do this exam or whatever so she said okay so I was on the table she did the vaginal exam we got I got up off the table she said to me um that I was in a good position for a sweep if I wanted to have that done um and I just said to her just give me a sec and I just felt into it and I said okay what I got in within myself was, yeah, okay, it's let's do it, you know. Um, at this point, and I was kind of thinking exactly what happens, really, you know, if I can avoid the the induction uh, later on, but probably didn't know a lot about sweeps at the time. Um, but anyway, I, I agreed to it. Um, and uh, that had happened. Um, or the, the she did the sweep, and then we were I was sitting back on the chair again, and she said to me. Uh, the consultant is free now. I'm just going to go into him. So she actually she went with my chair and I'm sitting in the room and like I wasn't calming down because I was still in that room. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get out of there at that point. And she came back in and she said to me, look, he's just busy at the minute, so I can't really chat to him or whatever. Um, but she said, can I check your, your blood pressure again? And I said to her, oh, OK. And she said, if I get another high reading, I'm going to have to admit you. And
2: I said, tell me that after
3: you've taken my blood pressure for a second time. I (laughs) said, okay, let's not, yeah, like, you know, let's see what you get or whatever. So she Mm. did it and she said to me, it's still kind of high. So when she said it's still kind of high, my gut was just screaming at me, you know, you're not staying here, Mm. you know, everything's okay. And I just, it was just that was just inside of me that feeling and she said to me yeah I'll have to admit it." and I just said to her look, look I know I have a choice here and she said oh of course you have a choice and I said I'll be honest with you right now I said I'm not staying here tonight because I feel okay and um I just don't want to and she was kind of like looking at me you know as if to say like you're mad um And I said to her, will you agree to recheck my blood pressure if I go off for 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever? Calm down and come back. This is a really stressful conversation for me. And she said to me, no, I can't do that. And I said, "Okay, well, I'm not willing to stay and you're not willing to recheck my blood pressure so how are we going to figure this out you know and then she just said to me hold on a sec and she picked up the phone and she rang over to the i think the perinatal unit and she said on the phone um basically that she had a lady here who wasn't agreeing to her recommendation or advice or whatever um and would they do a blood pressure series um and they said you something along the lines of you're supposed to do the check for her or something i said i know but We're getting readings here. She's not happy with them or whatever. So and they agreed. So I was sent over to perinade Leona. And I met some lovely women in there, uh, midwives, um, who did the blood pressure series for me. And while I was there, the doctor came over to me with my chart. She followed me around and she said to me that she finally had gotten the consultant and that he had asked if I would agree to CTG monitoring um, as well as. Uh, the, or sorry. While I was having the, the blood pressure series, and I said to her, "Explain to me what that is." And she said, "Um, it will it'll be a trace on your baby's heartbeat and any you know movement in your uterus or uh, surges contractions, whatever." And I said, "Okay, it should it'll be about twenty minutes. We'll be looking at it." And I said, "Okay," and should the girls here will do it for you? And I said, "Yeah, okay, okay." So I agreed to it, and uh, they checked. And so what came of that was um my blood pressure was absolutely fine. Um of no concern. They said it was in normal range and then the CTG showed uh uterine contractions um which I could feel cuz she came over to me and she put her hand on me and she said there's a bit of a tightening there and I said yeah and I could feel it. It was very very light but it was it was there. Um and I was 41 plus 5 at that point. So she said to me, the doctor wants to come back and see how you got on with the blood pressure series and the CTG. And then you should be able to go home. And I knew when she said that to me that everything looked normal to her. Mm. So the doctor came back. And oh, I forgot to mention, sorry, before I went for the blood pressure series, she um, she had said to me, you know. She wasn't comfortable with letting me go home without a booking for induction. And so, when I was waiting to be called for the blood pressure series, I got a phone call from her and I missed it because my phone was on silent. And she left me a voicemail saying she had booked my induction for the Saturday, um, which was like uh, two days' time. And so, when she came back after I had had the CTG monitoring and the blood pressure series done, she brought me into a separate room um, and she said to me, Okay, so. Your blood pressure looks fine. Your CTG, yeah, showing some, you know, mild uh, activity there or whatever. She said, it's all fine or whatever. Did you get my voicemail? I've booked you in for Saturday for induction. She said, I'm actually working that morning, so I'll see you. And I said to her, with all due respect, I hope I don't see it. And I mm. hope that, you know, this uh, something happens in the meantime. And I was like, you know, I was I wasn't being rude to her, but I was kind of, you know, still letting her know, like I'm not okay with, with the fact that you just booked that. And as I left, I said to her, "Thanks so much for your time." Um, and you know, I didn't say see you the weekend or anything like mm-hmm. that, you know, because my intention was not to. But uh, as I left, I kind of knew in myself that I wasn't going to turn up on Saturday, and um, even if. Uh, well if I was uh pregnant at that time you know and so then it became a worry how am I going to get out of this you know um I had a conversation with my midwife who was amazing she was so supportive you know she just kept saying to me what do you want from me what do you, how do I support you here in this situation and she was kind of saying like she would have supported me up to about uh I think she might have said 43 weeks. And I was just shocked. You know, I never thought I was going to have the conversation of how long can you support me for, you know? before She was saying to me, look, you'll get to a point where you'll feel you might be done or, you know, whatever as well. And I said, yeah, because obviously you don't know. You just don't know.
2: So will we go on and chat about your first signs of early labour?
3: I went for acupuncture on the okay, Friday yeah. so I'd been in the hospital on the Thursday I went for acupuncture on the Friday evening and my surges really started as a, when I was on that table with the acupuncturist went home had a lovely evening watched a movie um, went to bed and at three in the morning I had a surge that woke me and I felt a pop and so um, I jumped up out of bed and it was my uh, worse they had gone so um, <clears throat> we got up, we had a pool downstairs. Um, it was already inflated. Uh, Jason went down, started filling it up. And just like my forced labour, it was just, it just started progressing really quickly. And so um, that was three in the morning. And then <clears throat> Was Jacob I,
2: there? Was he, Was the plan to have him there with you? <clears throat> Sorry, say that again for me. Was the plan to have Jacob there with you? Uh,
3: we were going to kind of judge it. Um as it unfolded, we had a friend of ours on call. Okay. Um, so she was let know. Um, but he was in bed at the time and he didn't hear anything. Um so got downstairs, um, my waters had gone and um I phoned my midwife and she didn't answer and I kind of thought oh it's it's fine she'll bring me back um so which she did straight away and uh, she said to me okay what's happening I said my water's gone she asked me are they clear I said I think so didn't really know what it what it would look like if it wasn't clear but um I said I think so and she said okay I'll grab my bag I'm on my way and it felt like only probably 20 minutes and she was there but at that point I was sort of leaning over the fireplace you know I was I had the gentle birth app on my phone you know I was listening to this lady talking to me as I was having uh, a contraction and you know she was talking me right through to it completely going away as well which was very helpful I have to say um, because Jason was off doing what he had to do with the pool Um, and then I just remember feeling like I wanted to get nearer to the floor um, and I, I got down over, uh, one of our couches, um, on my knees and I just, I stayed there then for, for the next while, um, my midwife arrived. I was still at that, uh, in that place. Um, my surges, when I looked back on the gentle birth app, um, my surges were coming like one on top of the other, so close together. um. I felt like I wasn't really getting any breathing space in between um, and then yeah so after about 20 minutes I remember my midwife just gently knocking on the door she came in she said to me, I'm just gonna wash my hands she went into the bathroom and because I had been in that bathroom um, it's kind of like a wet room so I kind of was trying to stay in there because the my waters were still kind of releasing like throughout this whole time um, and I had been using a pad in the beginning and I had pulled it off and um, she saw it next to the bin and she came into me and she kneeled down beside me and she said to me Lindsay your waters are not clear she said there's meconium in your waters okay. and I said okay and she had kind of prepped me for this as well and um, she said to me it's not a big risk but it is a risk and it is a reason for transfer so are you okay with me calling an ambulance? And I said, okay. So she uh, made that call. Um, And while she was on the phone, giving my details um, and explaining the situation, I got the first urge to, or my body started bearing down. And I remember just looking over my shoulder at her and I said to her, uh, I'm like, my body's pushing. Mm. And she said to me, it's okay. It's okay. You know, whatever happens here happens if we can get you to the hospital fantastic if not we'll get you in if we need to you know afterwards or whatever so I was kind of like okay and uh, she kind of looked at Jason and said um if you want to grab a bag or a few bits or whatever um and I very uh, stupidly had not prepared a bag no neither had I, was I. so yeah. adamant on staying at home I would not recommend anybody do it, and I wouldn't do it again. But I hadn't prepared anything, so poor Jason was running around trying to grab what you know he thought uh, I would need or whatever. But just like the surges, I was having one on top of the other. The bearing down started feeling like it was one on top of the other as well, you know. Um, and so I remember saying, "I need something at this point." So I kind of knew we're probably close at this point. Um, And I had ordered the uh, gas and air uh, for the house as well. So I had that, um, which again, took the edge off for me and kind of, I just kind of felt like I could cope a little bit better. Um, Lots and lots of breathing, just really deep, deep breathing. Um, And then I remember feeling really uncomfortable. and saying to my midwife, can you recommend like, a position that I might be more comfortable in, and she said to me, "You, you could try turning around and let Jason uh, support you, support you like leaning back against the chair, so kind of like in a squad position." And it just felt really strange to me, you know, how I was even going to to turn around. It was just very unusual. And then I was starting to think about the ambulance, and I was thinking, "How am I going to get out?" how are you going to get me out there? You know, I didn't feel like I could stand up and walk or anything. So I kind of knew the baby is going to come. Literally. Yeah. She's going to come here because I don't even think I can stand up. So anyway, they, they helped me to kind of turn around and, um, the midwife as well which was lovely every time she touched me like it was permission you know can I can I can I anytime she checked for her heartbeats and all that which she had as well prepped about as well it was can I check and all that and it was lovely it was yes no whatever um but she just kind of was set back from me and she was looking and she's kind of saying I, I don't really see you know her head I think we still have time to transfer and I just remember at that point just going sort of inside of myself and this feeling of no I'm not going anywhere I don't want to go you know and with the next uh, contraction um she said to me oh no wait hold on I can see her head I can see her head you know so she was kind of born then within sort of minutes um and I remember feeling the rotation um yeah, after yeah. her head was born and I hadn't experienced that with my first um and I kind of looked because I thought she was in the baby but like obviously not she wasn't touching her um but yeah that was amazing and then she just shot out like it was like nothing I didn't feel like I experienced it like that even the first time she just was like boom you know mm-hmm. she she was here but when I looked at her her little arms were like flailed out to the side and her eyes were closed and she was just kind of like boom you know um straight out it was like it was like a a ball flying at my midwife she kind of nearly caught her and um I remember her lifting her up then and she just kind of started throwing her around a little bit and uh the paramedics had arrived in the meantime and they very kindly agreed to wait outside in case they were needed because things were happening so fast um and at one point one of them came in and um he handed over, you know, she put the little uh bag and mask just on her face for like seconds and then it was taken away again because she was responding like at that point. But uh she got her anyway and 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 uh, she lifted her up and handed her straight to me at that point. Um so there was a little bit of a whew, hold of hold of breath, I suppose, um, at that point, but uh she was absolutely fine, thankfully. Um it was kind of like I think shock of just yeah coming out, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that was how it was kind of described at the time. But uh,
2: how did yeah, you was, feel?
3: Yeah, I remember just feeling like I trusted the midwife. I think I actually said that out loud as well, um, and. Yeah, I was just like, whew, like it was amazing. I, it was, and I, I definitely felt straight away like, you know, I did it. Like, I was delighted mm-hmm. that it had happened uh, at home, you know, and that I didn't have to transfer, although I would have had I have needed to. Um, but it just, it happened so fast, you know, the second midwife didn't even get called, like, because it was happening so oh, that's fast. That's right. Yeah. The call that was made was to the ambulance service, you know, and then bang, it was like she was born within minutes. Um, and she was, she was big. She was 10 and a half pounds oh wow Uh, yeah yeah she was big and so that was a big shock you know because it was never mentioned of her weight but the fluid had always been a mention or not always but toward the end um so yeah that was amazing and then my placenta came within the hour um and it was all very much you know up onto the couch Mm. get started with uh breastfeeding and you know we had something to eat and uh, my midwife sat with us for a while doing our paperwork checking things obviously um but it was yeah it was uh it was lovely it was relaxed it was so nice to be at home and just be able to get up on the couch with a blanket and the baby mm-hmm. and you know it was about 20 to 6 I think at the time and then Jacob woke up at six um so he came down to his new little sister in the living room you know um which was lovely.
2: Lovely moment, yeah.
3: Lovely. So, so nice. Um, He was absolutely blown away, you know. Um, How did
2: she latch on okay as well?
3: Uh, I feel like she didn't straight, no, she didn't straight away. Um, It took a bit of sort of uh, trying. I remember it being longer than with with Jacob. And I, I kind of feel like, that the whole breastfeeding journey has been a bit like that. Okay. Um she's probably of the two of them been the more challenging, but it's still been very successful, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was that was the only difference there really with the, the feeding. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, two very different experiences. But I think I've learned so much from them. And I think the, uh, the second one in particular, then, um, I kind of came away from that wanting to do something myself, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to support, uh, women and just kind of knowing their choices and, and being a little bit more prepared for birth in general, um, and getting, you know, support around the birth that they want, um, so I went on and done a hypnobirthing course um, just to to sort of step into that world,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know. And so I'm at the very, very beginning of that, um, which is lovely. I've learned a whole lot. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about going forward with that and seeing where that'll take me.
2: Yeah, I think once you dive into that, then it just consumes you and you just don't know where it takes you but it's it's nice to have a passion I suppose like that yeah yeah it helps I mean, there's,
3: others. A poll. there's a pull there's a pull there yeah Yeah. you know so yeah
2: cool thank you <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this week's episode I would love if you could take a moment and head over to excuse me wherever you listen to your podcast either over on iTunes or Spotify or wherever and either rate the podcast if you're enjoying listening to it And also leave her a little review if you have time. It really helps the podcast get more exposure. Thanks a million again. And I will chat to you all on Monday with a new episode. Have a good week.
0: Planning for your next trip?